This show is brought to you by Made by Super. Hiring a design studio is more necessary than you think. Your brand is important, and how it's represented shouldn't be phoned in. Whether it's your logo, website, messaging, online ads, environment, graphic design, or social media, you need professionals, thinkers, advocates for your brand, people that will make you look good. It will make a difference. Trust me. Go to madebysuper.com and hire great designers to get to work for you on your brand. Also brought to you by Age Old Trade Design, LA's premier hospitality design firm. Welcome to Acting Real with Kat Foster, where I talk with talented, seasoned, professional actors about how they use what they've learned from acting in their real, everyday lives. Today, we talk to actor, producer, director, and podcaster Katie Lowe's. She has done a ton of TV, but she's best known for her starring role as Quinn Perkins in the political drama series Scandal. She's also very active in the theater world. She just made her Broadway debut as Dawn in the Musical Waitress, and she's one of the founders and directors of the Los Angeles-based Iama Theater Company. Her podcast, Katie's Crib, can be found on iTunes, Google, and Stitcher. Enjoy. It is a skeleton, and you have to discover where the bones go. What I need for my life, I am drawn to create the play. And you must use the play. You must use it. Hi, Katie. Hi, Kat. (laughs) This is the best. Um, How do we know each other? We know each other because uh, we both went to NYU Tisch School of the Arts. That's true. But we didn't know each other at NYU. No, not at school. You were a sophomore when I was a senior? No. I graduated in 04. Oh, my God. Were we even there at the same time? When did you graduate? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. We may have crossed one year. I don't really know how that works. I'm a terrible math student. All I remember is you're the most famous person I know, 2006 – or six-ish, maybe. I'm a waitress at Ammo, which is like the hot spot yeah, yeah. restaurant in Los Angeles. Yeah, where like, like every hot. producer yeah. and hotshot, Ryan Murphy, every single like has a power lunch from one to two. Yeah. And I'm the waitress. But also then you were the hostess. Then you were like I was the, the manager, hostess. I was the waitress. Like I ran the their catering department. Yeah. yeah. Was like I go up. I rose up the ranks yeah. quick there. <laughs> yeah. And my friend Danny Goldstein, who's a theater director for New York pieces was like I'm in town and I'm gonna take my friend to lunch her name's Kat Foster and I was like oh my god Kat Foster who's on till death like I'm she's like like she went and to you were Tish. just like I know her because she went to Tish. well I, yeah I like knew that you were working like there was right. a handful of people that had graduated from within NYU. our years that had graduated yeah, yeah. from NYU who were like on series and that was like the life I was just begging pleading bleeding dying for right 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 and you were one of the ones who made it and so Danny was like I'm gonna have lunch with Kat also like in my wildest dreams I was like oh like maybe I could like we sort of look alike we're both brunettes and like you're not a stick and I wasn't a stick yeah. and I was like and she works and people like her right, you know right, what I mean right, right. um and we had lunch and you were wearing this like gorgeous long dress with like a um a platform heel uh-huh like a hippie platform heel, heel okay. kind of thing yeah and you were having lunch and Danny introduced me and I thought you were so, that's when I realized how actually different we are because you're so much chiller 
and like so much cooler than and I run you? way too fast oh my god fast, you're I bananas think. and then hey, we became way, friends my heart is just like exploding right now like I had no idea that you had this idea of like I just didn't I guess I didn't wait I, I have three more memories of you that I'm gonna go and run through very quickly <laughs> one once we became fast friends yeah, from yeah. that lunch you invited me to a taping of Till Death, which right. was the first live taping of a TV show I've ever seen. And that was my husband and my second date. Yes. Okay. Which I didn't know at the time, but now And we were like, oh. And then the other thing was you let me stay in your apartment. Oh, right. And it was the most beautiful place I have ever seen. But one of the biggest memories I have is going over, and I'm so upset because my ex-boyfriend at the time – was working a lot. Oh, right, right, right. And, and I was so you upset that he was working and I lines. wasn't working at all. And yeah, yeah, you were going to yeah. help me in audition. And you were like, let's look at his IMDb star page. And you were like, whatever, his number sucks. Like, he's not that famous. And I was like, this oh makes God. me feel so much better. Yeah, yeah. At the time. And I relieved you of that, that you your boyfriend was relieved me. Famous. Oh, my God. And now it's funny. I haven't, I mean, God, I don't look at IMDb ever. Oh, thank God, dude. Don't ever those look at years, that shit. Those years, those cyclical. For those of you who don't yeah. know, there's this thing called the IMDb star meter, <laughs> which if Does you're that still, on. still exists, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. If you're okay. on IMDb Pro, you can click on people's star meters, and it basically, like, it, it keeps track of how many people view your IMDb page and right. is therefore thought to be a gauge of how of famous, how famous you, are. you are. And like how many times your name pops up in like deadline articles or articles about yeah, what you yeah. have coming out. Right, right, right. So like number one this week might it's be probably like, I don't, I don't know. Alicia Vikander. Yeah, so someone like someone that. Like, is that even, her, is that her name? Alicia and at Vikander. this time when I was coming to Europe, apartment and we were becoming friends the star meter was a new thing and oh. so this was a new way for people to really judge and compare right. and despair themselves right right um but it's so stupid because it really is just no. based on like who like it's so stupidest anyway um, also we i think have done a lot of work on ourselves yes from that oh, yeah. time and then in my you life invited me, me to greg's oh, class okay so you um, were going to this class that this guy named Greg Proust was teaching. Mm-hmm. Greg Proust is a, a writer in Hollywood and many other things. And it was like sort of a consciousness class. It was like a group meditation every Yes, Sunday. it was my first like – my life changed so much from that class. But yeah, this guy Greg Proust was – I was a waitress at a different restaurant and um, he was a regular there and his daughter was always really cute at the restaurant. And they asked, actually asked me to nanny her. And yeah. I did. And then he was like, I have this Sunday group meditation class if you want to come. And I did. And that was like my first foray into consciousness and meditation and how much I, as a person, need that in my life and actually think all people do. Yeah. Okay, good. Well, that's what we're doing here on this podcast. <laughs> like, yes. Segue, hostess. <laughs> um, well, so before we get into consciousness, well, yes. as a way into consciousness, I just wanted to quickly talk about like how did you when did you decide to be an actor yes and how and I never decided I came out of the womb like this I (laughs) don't know why or how or what my parents did to me but um yeah my I don't remember ever consciously saying this is what I want to do with my life I remember being in dance classes at three years old and then I remember being in plays in first second third fourth fifth grade and it was just what I always loved to do and my parents never pushed me into it it was just like 
well, when's the plays audition? Like, it was like what I always did. Just I, so natural. I loved to perform. Right. And every game I played as a child was always pretend, make believe, I'm this part, you're this part. It involved some sort of gathering of applause. Like, I can remember my grandma saying, presenting Katie Quinn Lowe's, and I would run out from the side, and she would clap, and then I would run back, and I'd make her say my name again. Right. Super narcissistic. So but cute. No, but, like, very – um by the way, all kids are I like to te- yes. I mean, the center the way, of their world. By, yeah, by definition. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I just I always was that sort of singing, dancing, performing kid, and and I and can, you were good at it, right? Like I was good at it, and so I, do and you, I don't mean to say that in like a, but I mean like I remember being twelve and being in an acting the local acting class in my town, and the teacher pulling my mom aside and saying. You need to pull this girl out of school, and she needs to go to a performing arts junior high and high school. And you need right. to get her an agent right and now. And did your mom? Do My that? mom pulled me out of the class. Wow. Yeah. Oh wait, but did she put you in the performing arts school? No, she pulled me out of class and was like, "I don't want you around that teacher." Whoa. Yeah. Because she thought that the teacher was. My mom just. My dad's a fashion photographer uh, in New York, oh. and he worked with a lot of models who were also actors and actresses, and they just really were strict on I wasn't going to do any of that as a child. Yeah, my parents were too. Oh, Until you graduated high school. Is yes. That, that was My dad was like, me. if you, um, when you're an adult, when you're 18 years old, yeah. if you want to choose to major in drama and you decide that that is your path as an adult, I'm going to support that wholeheartedly. And that was so kick-ass my parents. Like, they never asked me to minor in something or yeah. you you can't major in theater. Right, That's not going to totally. provide you with money yeah. and stability. Um, but I can remember being like 13 and crying and, you know, cause I grew up 12 miles outside the city. So it was very, you know, I grew up in the town next door to Jamie Lynn Sigler, who right. was a friend and we were in dance school together and she had an agent and she was auditioning right. and going into the city. And my dad was like, absolutely fucking not. Right. Like your mom is not driving you into Manhattan with your little brother in the car. Right. No mm-hmm. one got time for that. And right. like, you need to just be a kid. If you want to do all the musicals in your high school, you You're want me to drive to you. the community, the community college. You want to, you know, so, I mean, I had a very active performing arts high school and junior high life. Like, I went to an amazing public school that did two musicals, two dramas, a Shakespeare day, a drama club. I was in three choirs. Like, right. I had, I did a lot of performing for a kid right. just on a very local level. So, like, was there, do you have a memory of when you were, you know, a kid and maybe you have a couple memories, but of saying, like, I'm doing I want to do this because like I'm doing this because or like hmm. did so was it always a given that this is what you wanted to do when you grew up or yeah it's so weird I don't I don't even remember there being a because it was just like this is what I do this is what you do and I and I remember dabbling in other things and a not liking them and b not being good at them mm. like I remember you know, my mom is a major athlete. My brother was an athlete. And they were like, just do something different. Like, why don't you just, I'm like, audition for the volleyball team. That's definitely not the word. <laughs> Try out for the volleyball yeah. team in seventh grade. And I remember being there and praying that the ball doesn't come to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. please, God, don't. And that is the exact opposite I felt on the stage, which was I can't wait for it to be my solo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or I remember being the second flute player in the band and then being like, here's your solo. And my hands would be covered in sweat. I would be right. so nervous and so right. stressed out. And it was the total opposite I felt on stage. Right. Um, I want to ask about that too, but I guess what I'm getting at, what I'm interested in in this moment is um, 
has like because what I usually ask people, I mean, like a lot of people are like, well, I liked it because like it was, you know, um, I was good at it or I liked it because I, you know, I, I wanted to be in the local newspaper or whatever. Yeah. Um, and so but I'm, I'm always curious about like how like what you're what drove you then and how it's different from what oh my drives God, it's you so now. different so it's like so terrible. when did that metamorphosis happen Oof, like now that is, why do you do it well the metamorphosis has shifted so much uh and more recently than it ever has in my whole life i have to say it's it was the same from about three years old till probably 30 Okay. Just like, I'm great at this. I've never even thought twice about it. Yep. I love it. I'm not even thinking and about like, why. And like, it's the forefront. It's like, it's, I never was that person. Like, when I talk to younger actors and things and they're like, oh, like, how do I manage my waiting job? And I have a call back or something like that. And I'm like, you fucking quit your waiting job. You'll get another one. Like, right. I was so driven and yeah. so um, eye on the prize and yeah. so... um and I don't mean to say that in like a psychotic way. I just really prize, had a passion and a drive. Way. Did you have a really specific prize? Was it just like I want to be on I a series? I really wanted to be on TV. And what was it like? And I'll know, my measure of success is when I can support myself. Yeah, my oh, measure no. of success was how when will I not have side jobs? Right. Um, I also juggled so many side jobs that would work with an audition schedule. And I had a really rigorous audition schedule. Like I, I'm really lucky in that I had an agent that. I would have 60 pilot auditions, right. you know, when things were, when the business kind of worked like that. Yeah. Um, and I would be running from a babysitting job to a catering job to a therapy session. My yeah. therapist, used to, who I've been with for 10 years, she was like, do you remember when you used to run to my couch for an hour? Because I knew I was juggling a lot and and I knew her hour a week was going to make me a better, was going to make me work. Yeah. To yeah, be honest. Like yeah. I knew that was the key that mm -hmm. like this whole acting thing is such a mental game. That's what I always thought too. Like That's booking work is a it. mental mm -hmm. game. It totally is. Um, and I think it, so I was very singularly focused for, I would say 27 years. Yeah. For real. Like my husband is like, when I was 25, I started dating my husband. He's, and I said, he says that I said to him, I want to be the lead of a Shonda Rhimes show. Oh my God, I love that so much. And it was because I watched Grey's Anatomy a lot and I knew, I said, there are girls on there that look like me and act like me and I feel like I'm, she would like me if she knew me. Oh my God, dude. And then like the story of how you ended up getting that job is like the most bananas. Okay, maybe we'll talk about that <laughs> later. But here, so what happened when you were 30? What happened? You know, what's crazy is when you get what you want. Yeah. You know, yeah. when you have fought really long thing. and really hard to like, when you're so driven to get something and you get it and you're like, holy, for a while, it was a few years of like, is this okay? Am I going to get fired? Am I going to get found out? Like, I don't deserve this. What's happening? Oh my yeah. God, I'm buying homes. Oh my God, I'm paying for my wedding. Oh my God, I'm buying cars. Like, oh my God, I don't have these side jobs. Who am I? Right. And then you start to say oh my God, acting's insane. You're never, it's never going to be enough. Yeah. Because you always said, I just want my series, right? Well, let me tell you guys, once you get your series, then you it's- You want your movie. Well, you want, I want to be you the lead of this episode. Seasons. I right. want to be, I want to be, uh, oh, 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 I've been really dramatic for the last five episodes. I need a more comedic episode. Right, right, um, right. I have not had scenes with that person. Um, oh, that person got to do Jimmy Kimmel three times and I've done it twice. Right. My third. And then, thank God, I'm like awake enough in my person to know like, whoa, whoa, whoa. 
like and thank God I was surrounded by very supportive, incredible women who had sort of been through it before me, Carrie Washington, Bellamy Young, Shonda Rhimes, to mm-hmm. say, oh, like, this singular drive got me scandal for sure and f- helped me fight through some really hard um, days of, like, you have to want acting bad enough to juggle all those sorts of things and not make any money and right. keep showing up and saying, is today going to be different? Is right, this audition right. going to be the time when I get the part? Right. So I needed that drive then, but now it's really different. And now yes. I'm just, I've lost, I don't have that. Yeah, I'm so not that, singularly driven so, at all. What keeps you doing it? Like, why are you an actor still? Well, I, mean, I know, I guess that's a too simplistic of a question. No, it's not. It's really not. I think we have to get that simple because it's like really... I ask myself all the time, and I wish I was like, is there like Carrie ever Washington, a moment for example. Where you don't want to be an actor all the time, and that all the time. Because- I actually think like I I go through internal struggles where I'm like, this is the dumbest fucking like the world is falling the fuck apart around mm-hmm. me, and I am a driven, capable, smart leader of a person I should be literally leading a movement to help people right like I I should go back to school and be a nurse right right, like that's how far sometimes my brain goes of like what am I doing with my life and when I die and look back have I helped people and do you ever like are there ever moments where you're like uh I don't want to be an actor because it's too like I don't know because you feel because that stuff where it's like you want to be on Jimmy Kimmel the third time the fourth time is too like eats you alive like where do you feel like some physical emotional consequence ever from being an actor that you is like something that feels like you don't want to do anymore I don't feel that but I because I really have worked I think really hard on myself on I don't really Hi, I don't know Lofi wants to get out Hi Lofi yeah, Do you hear her? Okay Um let me gather my thoughts Lofi, on that for a Our little doggy wants to get out of this. Lofi's done with podcast the podcast. Room. And like, Katie, <laughs> She's never I don't know how deep you're about to get, but I'm out. <laughs> um, Thank you. You know, I think I scandal for seven years was really good at, at what I'm saying of like, I didn't get this. I didn't get that. I didn't get this. Meaning like right. that it's never enough. I sort of learned those lessons on it fortunately on seasons two and three of scandal right and so i was on scandal for seven years right. and so you got to and so i kind of came on the other side of right. like oh like i'm just really content with anything i get whenever that is right. like and there's enough for everybody and i just really learned to like not really measure myself in any of those ways right and so then what did so I mean do you think that you like but what I have a problem with myself with acting now is I do I have a problem that I I just now that I'm in my 30s and a mother and trying to raise a kind human being like I am like wow did I spend my life like fighting for this like the most narcissist like my goal is to be like look at me look at me like like I just want to be on a but talk do you show. Think that's but that's what uh, it is. It's not. That's not well, what no, acting is. It's right? not. Right. Then you surround. What I was saying was what's amazing about a Carrie Washington. Yeah. Or getting back into an acting class or something and remembering why it is what you do, or why it's important, and especially in this day and age when, like I said, I'm considering like being a nurse yeah. <laughs> or like doing anything I can to help people. Yeah. Um. Is this act of like, am I a storyteller? Is storytelling an important thing to spend your life work doing? And do you think it actually can change, help, support human beings? Mm -hmm. Um, 
Kerry Washington certainly believes it is. Right. I mean, she's on Broadway right now, completely produced, leading, and starring in a show that's about a cop shooting a blackhead. And you know what I mean? Wow. Now, that's very specific. Yeah, yeah. And she hopes that what that is doing is bringing more African-American people to the theater, that that is starting conversations, all these things. Um, but the idea is that being an actor now, uh, once you can get past, like, your drive to succeed mm-hmm. um, can become something that is, like, a way for you to make the world a better place. I try to say there's that side of me <clears throat> that feels like, Whenever I get to that place where I'm like, is this not for me anymore? I try to remind myself. um, And I wish I was one of those actors who just like really felt that in their bones. I hate that I even have to remind myself, but it is true that acting and storytelling is a fucking noble profession. Mm. And it is an important one. Mm -hmm. And it has been going on for thousands and thousands Mm -hmm. of years. And I'm very lucky that I even got to work in a television medium where the material was important and it was saying something and it 100% changed our um it literally changed what you see on television totally yeah like it was like an important like since show. scandal happened yeah. we have black women as lead characters on right. shows it's incredible like you can't be part of a bigger movement and i and i feel like that's why Shauna does what she does that's why Carrie does what she does so there's that part of me and there's the other part of me which is for me now in my life, it is a when it works out and I'm working, it's a great job. Yeah, yeah. And that's as simple yeah, as it is. It is like, a great job. this is what I've trained myself to do. Yeah. This is what I'm good at. Yeah. This is what I've worked hard to do. And I rather pay my bills and raise my kid doing that than a different thing but right now. But also, like, you, and this is like, I want to go back to what you said about, um, um, how acting is a mental game like because to me this is I mean this is not a podcast by the way about how acting is a noble profession (laughs) like it's really not this is a podcast about how like what we have to to do as actors mentally physically to be in the public to walk on a stage through our stage fright because I think that those things that we do can can be useful to everyone non-actors too so true so like when you say that i mean some of my best friends who have who i went to drama school with are doing other jobs right now and their drama education is why they're so good at their other exactly 100 because you have to really um be able to sort of expose yourself and Mm -hmm. to stay like relaxed energized and focused in like a very vulnerable place you have to if you've auditioned a thousand times as an actor and then you make a career change you bet your ass that having interviews in other businesses is going to be bullshit easy. Like exactly. it just is. So talk about that. Like talk about like what did you like? So you've been with your therapist for the 10 mental years. game. Yeah, I just realized like you know you hear these things of like well you don't want to walk in desperate if they smell that you want the job you're not going to get the job or right um, but you are kind of desperate. Right? Of course so, you're fucking desperate as all yeah. hell. So where do you get that yeah, out? So how do you where do, do you that? talk about it? For me, it was like, or integrate it, right? Like, how do you walk into a room where you don't want to appear desperate or you don't want them to know that you're desperate when there is a part of you that is desperate? Like, Mm -hmm. how do you, where do how do you lose that desperation? Um, Or, and I think it's really important, like any actor. Or just wanting, right? Or desire, any, anything. 
again, I mean, I'm just a real believer in therapy. Like I just am yeah. or therapy and meditation and yoga. And I just really feel like if you're someone that the ups aren't too up and the downs aren't too down and you can look, everyone's going to have the bottom fall out for massive life events or, you know, once in a blue moon look like things can be 100% shitty. But like if you are can really sort of get outside of yourself and not treat each sort of opportunity like it is the biggest make or break situation of your life and to just really I think show up be in the present moment as yourself and I think how that's, do you know when you're in the present moment this is something we talk about you're not thinking about what's coming or going or you know you're here and you're listening and you are um and how do you know when you're listening? I feel like it's just you're out of your head. Like, like, do I'm you have any measures? Like, are there ever, are there, look, I mean, I guess it can be argued that like when you're saying to yourself, am I in the present? Then you're not, not. in the present, No, because right? you just asked me and I was like, <laughs> exactly. fuck, I feel like I've been so present this whole podcast and, and now, now I'm actually thinking I'm like, about well, it. wait, am I present? Yeah. Exactly. Um, but like, I guess, but I am curious because I feel like I think you have to practice being in the present moment exactly. often in order to it. know what it is. Right. So these tools that people use that they may roll their eyes at, whether it's yoga, meditation, therapy, things like that, like the more time you spend in the present moment knowing what it is, the easier it is, easier it is to recognize it and the easier it is to get in and out of it. Well, here, let me just ask you this. So you were present and then I asked you that question and bye now bye. you're like, bye-bye. And then so, I was better. But what were the physical, but what were the changes that you noticed in your You're body? in your head. You're thinking about everything before you say it. You're like uh, doubting a lot of doubt like right. wait that didn't make sense that did make sense wait what was I saying right it's all chatter 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 and so when you, that voice happens like pre-audition pre-Broadway mm -hmm. I used debut, to say a mantra pre before every yeah, audition what, what was your mantra <laughs> god it's the oh worst god. oh my god I have well, mantras well my too, mantra though. before scandal was oh god what? is this am I really going to share it it's so ridiculous <laughs> please I'm ready. It's my turn. Oh, I love that. Mm. Because by the way, we don't always know that in our lives. Yeah. I just was like, I was like, this, it, this is like, I would go into auditions and I would just say, I am ready. This is my turn. And where did you I'm find ready. that turn? Which I thought it was my turn to audition, but it also it's my turn for my time in a with bigger people, way. And it's right. my turn to, um, have people give me opportunity and pay me to do this. Right. And then were there ever times, well, first of all, where did you find that mantra? Did you I find made it up? You made it up. <laughs> yeah. And, but that, like, did someone guide you to make it up or you just, like, it sort of felt good? That one felt good. Okay. Um, and but mantras, I have been given mantras also. When they can be really rooting in the present, right? I mean, they can just. It's a nice thing to come back to if you are having a hard, like, now I meditate enough to, know and be comfortable that when I start a meditation I always know that my brain's going to be going a mile a minute there's going to be a lot of chatter there's going to be a lot of judgment and I know the fall off is going to happen and right. I'll be into the nothingness soon right but so you get used to knowing that there's you get used to your process yes. in that way you get used to knowing like okay I'm always nervous right now or my mind is always like saying I'm having a million thoughts right now yes but I know because of my experience because of how much I've practiced that the fall off the nothingness will happen and yes. that also I'll be able to walk in the room and not be nervous right. Right? yes and then for me if it's the if I don't have the time for like 
the fall off into true present meditation to happen or if I'm there and I keep jumping out and it's just a very stressful sort of time I always go back to I breathe in on thank and I breathe out on you great who said I think it was Eckhart Tolle that said um if there's one prayer that you ever say in your entire life it's thank you or, or really like, yeah, oh I thank love you it. is the only prayer you ever need oh well beautiful call me fucking Eckhart Tolle <laughs> <laughs> that's what I go to because I always think I can always come back to something to to something to be thankful for whether if it's like just thank you for my breath thank you for my body thank you for my brain thank you for just being healthy right now thank you for this opportunity thank mm. you for my mom thank you for my mom's smile thank you for mm-hmm. my son thank, like and I start picturing people and then all of a sudden it gets less and less and less and then all of a sudden I've been you know meditating for 30 minutes and I right. don't even know and then do you like so when you're so once I got good at that yeah crazily enough which was around the ages of 25 26 mm-hmm. once I really started getting meditation practice in my life and I was very strict with myself about therapy once a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and mostly because I, at tw- which I don't have now, but at, at in my mid-20s, I was really jealous mm-hmm. of people who were successful and jealous I was is not. T- jealousy is tough. It's but tough because it really hurts still the person. Arises. It still arises sometimes. It does, but v- I'm like... You've really worked through a lot of it. Yeah, like it is yeah. very rare. I mean, I, again, I don't know. I think it was a combination of therapy, but and I... I'm tooting her horn a lot in this, but I I was around a lot of women um, for seven years that were not, um, that worked through jealousy a lot. And here's my question. Yes. I have to ask this because like I, I've worked with some like pretty cool people in my life, but it would take a lot for me. I mean, I, I honestly like knowing you now, like I think like this is one of the most beautiful things about you is that you are willing to walk into like after say season one or maybe during season one or who knows Mm -hmm. at some point during scandal Mm -hmm. you were able to look at these women who were amazing Mm -hmm. and in some way I mean in your seniors just Mm -hmm. not only in age but in experience and say like I feel jealous and I need your help like how did where did where and how did you learn to say like I I'm gonna open up about something that I feel a little embarrassed about or yeah. scared about, and I'm gonna ask you to help me with this. Well, I think I learned. Again, I think saying acting is a mental game, and actually, I think everything's a mental game. But I knew that if I have I have these feelings, and really, the only person who it's going to hinder is myself. Mm-hmm. Um, so first, you wanted to get the help. Yes, you became aware that you had feelings that weren't serving you. Yes, so there was an awareness, and that jealousy was bubbling up. I mean, because I just remember graduating school, and all of a sudden, like, Cat Foster is booking till death, and you're not, you know. And why is that? And why do I hate her? But she's so nice to me. I, that wasn't you. It was more like <laughs> Zoe Lister Jones, let's say, who's yeah, like yeah. a really good friend of mine now. Yeah, and yeah fucking killing it in yeah. Hollywood and I'm yeah. like I'm gonna be auditioning for her like tomorrow if she even lets me in the room but yeah, like yeah. at that time at 25 I'm the feelings jealousy is very strong and it yeah. was very um it was eating me up yeah like I couldn't feel happy for people who were succeeding right. even though they deservedly were working as hard as me they were in arguably in other ways even far more talented than me you know yeah um but I think it was a combination of I got I, I, I seeked out help for it. I was like, this is nasty. 
I was like, now this from is your not therapist, good. or did you? Oh, this is what you sought out help for from from my therapist. It was like oh, why God. I think I started therapy, to be honest. And so this wasn't the lesson necessarily that you got from your castmates. Like this no, was what like, I got from my castmates was so I learned it, and then it's like you go to graduate school on Scandal, and right. now it's like oh shit, we're putting this in full effect, right? These first two seasons, people are getting shit that I'm not getting. How do I? It's bubbling up again, but I have better tools because I've been going to therapy for three years now right but really again I was like bless her but I was with fucking Carrie fucking Washington yeah. who is I don't know how this girl knows this yeah but or what I don't know but she is there's this thing like you know shit rolls downhill so like if you have a shitty number one on your television that's show so most likely shit yeah. and that's for any business yeah. right but i even think it comes from the creator honestly or the creator okay so i have two amazing right i got yeah. shauna ryan's and i got carrie washington both women come from a place of want and not a place of plenty mm. uh, they come from a place, place of plenty, plenty not a place of want. want yeah so like once i and and I learned everything from modeling, like a baby. Right. Like, like I modeled Carrie's behavior, which was when Bellamy started becoming the leads of episodes and getting a lot of press, mm-hmm. like Carrie was like the champion for her. Mm. And that translated to how all the women treated each other right. on set. Or as soon as I got my first huge thing, Carrie's calling every designer helping dress me. Mm. She's... You know, how can I make, how can I, you know, she was the believer cheerleader for all of us. And it it was so not toxic. Like, it was, like, so insane of, like, if you're successful, guess what? Our show's successful. Guess what? We all get to be on this job. We all get paid. We all buy houses. So, like, there's room for all of us to succeed like motherfuckers right now. And if one bad seed is in here thinking, because you got that, I didn't get that, we're all going to go down. So it just became like part of the ethos It became, oh, I like this one. It is literally how that cast functioned for eight years. Like no joke. What a gift. And I've had a lot of friends on other shows come to me with the issues they're going through and – there's a lot of that behavior, oh, like a lot of yeah, jealousy everywhere. and competition, and well, because it requires a, a really a, uh, it requires a pretty expanded consciousness to be able to say the antidote. And I don't know if you would say this, but I wonder it, the antidote to jealousy is giving, is That's generosity. One hun- What I learned is the best way to battle my jealousy is to not only be supportive of people who are more successful than me. But be around them. How do I, like, how can I learn to, the things that I'm jealous of are obviously, like, traits that are awesome. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's really flipping it around. But I have to say, I was really surrounded by um, a really crazy number one and a show creator that just was a huge uh, supporter of women and, like, really 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 succeeding right. and so it you, doesn't take away from my success you had great mentors in that right. way so here's the question like there's somebody let's say there's somebody um sorry there was another question i wanted to ask you i just wanted to hmm. yeah let me finish with this first um let's say like there's somebody who is uh you know uh uh 
a lawyer and they want to be a partner in their law firm mm -hmm. and like there's somebody else who gets promoted before them mm -hmm. um and like and it's a dude and it's a dude <laughs> oh god uh, or actually like let's take the because then Cause it I, that's the other fucking problem with my whole experience at this point is yeah. like it's been pretty utopian in, right it just i just women. haven't and and i haven't seen i've been really lucky to work again like i was just on broadway and my bosses were um you know the show is the entire creative boss team is women. It's so um, cool. It's so, so cool. I just like don't know. Yeah. I feel terrible. But I'm okay, trying but so to relate. Okay, so a lawyer. So what, I guess I'm just wondering. So what? Like, because what I want, and this is like this is where it gets more difficult, but also or, let's say challenging, but like also I think really really useful is like the mechanics of going from I am so jealous like I it's like radiating throughout my body mm. like I can barely like focus mm. on anything mm. to like I'm so like truly happy for you yeah. like how do you you know what are the tools to do that like do you are there exercises would you journal would you meditate like or even more than that like what are the stages in that transformation I mean how could you I think you have to really like be consistent with your work on yourself. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think it's like an easy fix of like it's not an easy fix, right? No, like that's like a what no, no, well, like no. a month. that's what I mean about the mental game. Like I just don't right. think it's like like I I think it's I it's think a it's constant long practice. term, and I think it's like one of those you know that's why dieting doesn't work. Like if you want to be healthy your whole life, it's a complete you know life change. I think like I I just. I think if you really if jealousy isn't serving you um I just think it's like and I think if a lot of these sort of lesser emotions are taking control of your actions or your thoughts and consuming you then the the conscious work you can do is what you need to do for a while and then continue to do <laughs> and when you say conscious work though like I guess I'm also just wondering like are there behaviors like it's like you're jealous of somebody you get them a gift or you give them a compliment mm -hmm. or like I, I'm big on the complimenting yeah so like the complimenting might be a thing like mm -hmm. or like you know maybe you say I'm so happy for you and maybe there's still a part of you that doesn't really feel like that but maybe even in saying it that part I used smaller. to and I always acknowledge it like I sometimes say Oh my God. Like, I can't believe you did that too. Like, wait, wait, wait. You're going to sell a television show and be the lead out of it? Like, what the fuck is wrong with me that I didn't do that? Oh my God, I'm making this about myself. Congratulations. You're a superstar. You fucking deserve it. I'm just in awe. I'm like slightly jealous, not going to lie, because I wish I had done it myself. I'm so happy for you. That's, like, that's like so beautiful. Like, but... So I think that's you can so be beautiful. honest. You know why though? That, okay, I think partially why that's not only like a really um, noble, noble way of being, but also um, why that's so useful is that in doing that, you're connecting. Like you're saying like to this person who's maybe getting something that you don't have, like not only like are you giving them the congrats that they mm -hmm. they deserve? But mm -hmm. also you're saying like, I'm going to connect with you about this by revealing that part of me is jealous of you. Totally. And that way we can at least have some connection, you know? Absolutely. Instead of trying to hide yeah, yourself. Yeah, because you definitely don't want to be the like, 
I'm so happy for you when you're not. I mean, that's exhausting and fake and doesn't serve you. Super exhausting. And super exhausting. So I think it's being comfortable enough in yourself to say, I want to be so happy for you right now, but honestly, like, I'm a little jealous. Like, yeah. it's so embarrassing. Yeah. I'm that, embarrassed of myself, but, like, you're a superstar and I'm, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I can't do that or I didn't get it myself, but I'm, like, you know, happy for you it or whatever it is. It requires a great but, deal of not only self-awareness, but yeah. also self-acceptance to do that. And that's the work that we're talking about, right? Like that's what you can do with your therapist. Yeah, you can't and, say, yeah, you can't say I'm never going to feel jealous again. That's beneath me. Right. I mean, maybe Eckhart Tolle doesn't no, feel fucking course. jealousy. No, of course. No, we're like, human. I mean, these smaller, you know, your egoic no, self I think is Eckhart running Tolle around. Probably yeah, feels he probably jealous. does. He's and just he's like, probably psh, so psh, used pew. to it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like he works through that shit yeah, in like one, five Not seconds. even, no. Like, yeah, like if I can work through it in 10 seconds, he's like, you know. Yeah. But you know, I think I've done work for a really long time uh if I'm 36 and I started therapy at 25 so like 11 years and I've been probably meditating on and off since about 25 um that I I do admit like I have seen massive changes in that jealousy is I don't feel of course I do yeah but nowhere like I used to well you know I always think about that thing that in fact now what I feel is what I've never felt which is super scary and why I think this 30 something thing has changed is now I feel um I'm like fatigue (laughs) no I feel um I feel very like whatever mm. which is new for like me. apathy closet yeah mm. and i haven't felt that maybe ever i kind of don't believe it though no Katie. i know and everyone fucking says that I when i tell don't them believe because it. i you know feel apathy I but like wait what is apathy again apathy <laughs> is sort of like um nonchalant. i don't know Hanami, you look at it? apathy is sort of no it's not just nonchalance it's like boredom slash like i don't really want to do anything like, it's like, I don't really want to do You know, anything. I went to this astrologist. Is that what it means? Yes, I got a lack, of, lack interest. of interest. Yeah. Okay. There's that where I just think I used to, look, there's there's maybe apathy for some people and there's my apathy, which means like I used to go 150% at a lot of things and now I'd say I'm probably at a 90, which like is yeah. still good compared to a lot of do people. Do you think that part of that is motherhood I'm, though too? I was going to say I, I I try to be I'm like starting really to feel easy a little on like myself that. and yeah. like not really care because I went to this astrologist, um, Heidi Rose Robbins. You know yeah. Her? Yeah. So I went to her before I gave birth to my son and she was like, holy shit. She was like, you've been in Virgo for... 35 years and you're going into Pisces for the next two years so for the first time in your whole life you are going to be a nester water not driven I mean she didn't say not driven but she said something like that of course to Maya I was like does that mean I'm going to be broken out of anybody yeah (laughs) she was like I didn't say that yeah she said you're just gonna be um and you know it's funny I forgot she said this but I told someone when I went to her like two years ago and I was telling a friend that I was feeling like really like I just don't care about like I don't I'm not like fighting the fucking pilots mm-hmm. like I'm just not fighting mm-hmm. like that. And they were like, remember what Heidi Rose Robbins told you that it's going to feel so weird and not like yourself for two years because yeah. you're like so into being a mom and so into being yeah. home and you're not 
fighting that sort of Virgo drive that I has really been my motor. Yeah. For a very long time. Uh-huh. Um, but I my motor is very low right now and right. I'm like sort of like witnessing it from right. like outside of myself and being like, Whoa, this is kinda cool and weird and different for me. Yeah. But that's um, so bad. I've been but, in it for like a year. But that's kind of great that you can be a little bit outside of it and witness it and say like, this is kind this of cool of and life. weird for like, me. Like, yeah, this like, is a different mode. Totally different mode. Um, and I felt, I think it, I think it um, has massive effect on this whole thing of like, well, what do you do now? Like, yeah. You got do you have you an want. idea? No. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I've said that for a long time. Like, you know, what's amazing about the wonderful thing and the not wonderful thing about having like one crazy fucking passion in your life mm-hmm. and one goal that you are so driven to get and then you get it is you're mm-hmm. like, well, now what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, so I'm figuring it out and I don't know, like I'm not so strong on like a singular vision much anymore. I I'm, I see much more not in a straight line. So I, I want to come back to this because I think this is like, uh, it's going to be a great place to kind of like mm-hmm. um, wrap this up. But before we do that, um, you said when you were with Heidi Rose Robinson, you're like, does that mean I'm not going to have any more money? Yeah. Is that a fear of yours that you're going to be like destitute? Not, not, not really. really. Not really. I've never had like a great, um, yeah, it's weird. I, cause I, I, I have a lot of, um, amazing actor friends and artist friends and I mean, friends in general who have just bounced around from, we were fucking broke as shit together and we've come up together or some are still broke. Like, um, and I have always been a person who money is just not a worry for me because, even when I was broke right because you were just like I'm an I can make money in so many ways I just I don't know my dad was a fashion photographer like I said he still is and by the way I did not know this and like this is artist. something I totally want to geek out with oh, you because yeah. you take the best picture does it because he like give you instructions no! on how to take oh my god he would have never and I would have been like dad don't even Tell like you're like the like, most photogenic person like ever you are you totally are anyway you're whatever so we can talk this is off topic so um, that's so nice of you to but say. so God, it just is never a, a concern no it just i saw a freelance artist growing up right have a shitload of money and i've seen him not like i've seen him fluctuate a lot and i've seen where every day was a holiday in my household and like we were driving cars and boats and all this shit and then i've seen like the very 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 dark opposite right um and so I didn't really have a sort of so for me money I'm like whatever it's gonna be fucking dope the years we make so much money and it's gonna be like shitty like the years we don't make so like so it doesn't I don't care yeah (laughs) my husband who grew up with two teachers and a very very sort of um I would even go towards frugal a little bit like you know his dad just is in the same pants for 30 years but they're like doing great yeah financially like my adam and i come because i spend like i'm bad like i'm like well we got it like you can't take it i what my family saying is either every day is a holiday or you can't take it with you so like fucking burn it out now you know yeah. like i come from that family that's yeah, just yeah. like who cares get it like get the vod like let's party except like, for we just talked right before we started rolling about how you only just now bought your first nice bag 
But that's because I don't care. Like, it doesn't mean anything right, to me. Oh, right, I just right. bought a very expensive, for me, bag. It was $2,000, which is, like, a lot of money. But, like, yeah. people on shows buy, like, $10,000 bags. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was my treat to myself. Um, after and this is your first ever. This, this is, is my like, first the Nancy first bag. nice bag yeah, in eight like, years. but, like, I'm so... F- but I don't spend money on that. I spend money on hotels right, and sure, trips sure. and uh-huh. restaurants and, like, things that matter to me. Like, yeah, bags yeah. don't matter to me, but, like, experiences. Totally. Like, Adam has, like, a problem. Like, when we travel, I'm like, okay, so our personal guide to... Like, I... <laughs> you know, like... My Africa trip I got at a huge discount. Yeah. But like that trip would probably have cost like $150,000 and I would have had no problem spending right. that kind of money if it meant that I was going to have a life-changing experience. Like right. I don't give a shit. Right. But I'm right. more experiential right. than stuff. Right. I don't care. And Adam's not like that. Well, Adam's more like all right, let's four slow more down. even keeled. <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, oh, Katie only likes it because it's the most expensive tour you can right, get. Like, right, right, oh, right. it's the most expensive baby thing, then that's the one Katie yeah, likes. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. So I have weird, you have things, your own, my weird, own expensive things that I like money. to spend money on. Um, um, but I do think, I do sometimes wonder with my friends, like, that that money brain thing like I've read a, oh I was in like a money group before scandal oh yeah I remember Girls, that yeah because I I'll tell you like I'll just reveal on this show that like I've never had a problem with money like it's never been a problem and I also grew up in like a totally I guess like I don't know I guess we were like upper middle class family mm-hmm. my mom grew up very poor mm-hmm. and my mom was always completely sure that we you like were gonna we were gonna go broke and, and so and even though I didn't grow up like I went to really expensive private school all that like I am always ter- terrified terrified that I'm like never gonna have money again like it's all like I'm gonna like wake up one day and I'm gonna have oh, like God. somehow zero dollars in my bank account and like by the way this is literally like not something I mean like my father is has is generous with me and like you know what I mean like I'm not gonna end up on the streets <laughs> but like I really do have that f- there's something that's real. Yeah, that's real. real. I get really scared. And I sometimes wonder, I even wonder more than that, like the the girls that I know, like the whole money conscious thing is a real thing. Like what's that book, Think and Grow Rich? Yeah. Napoleon Hill. Yeah, yeah. Um, but people, what is that? Like um, someone who's always been poor wins the lottery and they... Of, they're poor again right like exactly right two weeks right 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 i don't know if that's true i don't know if that's a thing but I again it it's all a fucking true. mental game so. no but like even in a smaller way like someone will get like a big promotion and instead of like self-sabotage yeah like they'll just all of a sudden give all of that money to their family right because they feel like they shouldn't have and their right. family should have and right. then all of a sudden they're just broke again yeah like whatever. i'm like okay well if shit goes belly i mean look i'm married to an actor i'm an actor not stable people yeah. so like <laughs> But I made smart decisions. I feel like while I was making money, like I, like Adam and I have no idea what to do with money. We don't know. I you don't have know. a retirement account, right? No, you I have, have a business, business manager who's like the best exactly. in the fucking business right. and is rated number one in the entertainment industry. And he's done smart shit with my money. Yeah. So I said to him, look, here's my thing. I just never want to waitress again. So figure it the fuck out. Right, like, right. And if I ever got in trouble, I would sell my house and I would move to Vermont. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Great. And I would start an acting school for children or some crap. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't really want to do that, but I yeah. would. Yeah, right. Okay. Um. And so then let's just go back to this question of like. Where I am now. Yeah, where are you? Are well, more like what I want to know is like, what are you, Um. what do you imagine is going to happen? Because whatever you can imagine is going to happen has probably already happened in small doses. But like, mm. do you imagine that you're going to sit, um, by the way, that's not true as a rule. Like, we can imagine things that have never happened to us. Like, I don't... 
yeah my we're not actually and i just thought of the worst thing i could ever think of and then i was like oh oh, i can't even say it oh oh because like a dark sad awful thing yeah no no, that's not true as a rule (laughs) i guess i just mean that like what I really mean is that if we can imagine it, it's something that we're capable of. Yes. Right? Uh, yeah. So, um, so like, do you imagine that you're just going to be, like, sitting having coffee, like, looking at your adorable son one day, so and, like, you're going to suddenly get, like, a burst of inspiration? Do you imagine that? No, I feel really thing, I feel really content that it's going to sort itself out. Like, you'll get a call from your agent one day with a great job That's offer. That's how Broadway just happened. Like, yeah. Like, you know, and look, that didn't come out of the blue. Like, I was on wagers in wagers on broadway and i've been friends with sarah brellis for fucking 15 years by the way we should also say you auditioned for that yeah like i mean they they did call you and say like we think we want you to do this but you still yeah, have sarah brellis like, texted me with... and was like can you send in an audition tape and right. can you sing and can you do the sides right, yes right. i had to do all those things right. but i had been putting in work for years on that audition because i knew sarah brellis right. as a friend but also michael royf who is the producer of the movie Waitress and the musical Waitress. My husband had been in his indie films for years and Michael's come to all of the plays I do. And you've been singing and acting since you can fucking remember. Exactly. So what I mean to say is like, as much as that came out of the blue because I knew someone, it didn't. And so I know that that's how the business works. Right. So, and most businesses work. Yeah. So I, um, I feel just like I'm continuing to lay track. Mm-hmm. In is how I feel at the moment in my life. Lay track of doing things that bring me joy that I like to do. And then the work will come out of the woodwork like it did for Waitress. Um, in that I can't see it right now. But when it presents itself, it makes perfect sense. So you're following your bliss. My bliss right now is like the things I love to do some of the time. And sometimes they drive me nuts. Is like I run my theater company. I am a theater company. I do not get paid to do that. But I, it fulfills that part of my soul we were talking about where... I'm putting stories on stage that I think are important for people to hear. Yeah. Okay. So that's like that artistic part. And also the producerial part of my brain, which is very big. I wish I could write. I don't write at all. Like Uh I'm terrible at it. I don't like it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Like I wish I was, like I wish I was going around pitching TV shows so that I could someday be a producer and make like that producer cash and not that actor cash. But Uh like I just can't. I love to produce. Yeah. Um, but I like to produce plays. Yeah. Um, so I'm putting a lot of energy towards like changing L.A. theater and making L.A. theater in the next 30 years a huge theater. Town. Love. Love. Great ambition. So there's Huge that. ambition. Huge ambition. I, love and I believe it. it's possible. Yeah. Um, I also have my own podcast about being a mom. and I Katie's Crib. Yes. We'll and link it's, to it somewhere. Um, it's Katie's Crib. And it is... Also, so good, again, by the way. Any you. moms out there should listen thank to your you. show. It's, it's so good. It's really cool. Um, I was really lucky to have my child around the same time that other moms I know were having babies. And I just was like, how do I provide a place where other moms can learn shit about mom stuff but not feel like opinions are being shoved down their throat and also feel like they have somewhat of a virtual mom crew? So um, I work on Katie's crib. I work on being a mom. I have to work better at being a wife. Good Lord. <laughs> We need a fucking date night. Do you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's hard Um, to find time for that. But yeah. And I, um, those are really the things I'm sort of working on. Again, I would really like to, I sold a show like three years ago with an idea and I would like to get back to thinking that way. I just really Mm -hmm. haven't had any ideas. Yeah. As, because I have people who are like, bring us in ideas. And I'm like, I don't have any. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, but I'm also sitting sort of like, in this apathetic yeah. place of like, I also kind of am like, whatever. Yeah. 
And so... Um, Which is like kind of a gift to be like, I'm okay with it. But the idea is that by continuing just like on a daily basis to do the stuff that you are into and mm-hmm. that you love just and by trusting yes. that like you're in sort of maybe an apathetic place yes. so you call it yeah um but that something else will happen yeah um that something will happen i really believe that and is there any part of you that has any like and i also really trust that like i had a baby a year ago and i mm-hmm. feel like i'm sort of being taken care of right now to be his mom mm, yeah and i'm only gonna get that opportunity one maybe two times in my whole life right um, and he will be in school at yeah. some point and yeah. I will be working at some point. Yeah. And I worked a lot of his very, very young days and mm-hmm. I just am like kind of cool with just doing, being with him. Is there anything that like, you're like, I want to do, is there anything that you're like trying about, to manifest or like what were you? I was you? like literally thinking about running a marathon yesterday. Am I an insane Great. person? I don't even fucking run. No, that's fucking But like, amazing. I'm a psychopath. Who would do that? But who, I don't even by run. By the way, a year from today, we'll have a part two and you'll be like, I ran that marathon. <laughs> I could never. I mean, I maybe a half, but like, marathon. good Lord. No, I've been like thinking about what are these goals that people set from themselves and I'm kind of in this new world where I you know I wanted scandal I got scandal I wanted to be a mom I did that and now Mm -hmm. it's like okay like at my vision board with my Eckhart Tolle book yeah what is next yeah I don't know great oh my god I can't (laughs) wait well we'll find out we'll find out just like follow you follow your bliss and trust that everything and keep going to therapy keep going to meditating because that's really the because I'm sure at some point I'm gonna have moments of like being less chill with sure. this feeling of like not knowing or trusting. You probably have them multiple times a day and then they kind of wash over you. But um, at some point they could get bigger. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. stronger. Yeah. But then maybe mm. they'll go away again the next Especially day. like pilot season, like when everyone's like losing their shit. You know, I, um, actually, I'm going to say this. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think this is a really beautiful You're place a dream. To end. You're Thank a you dream. For having me Thank as a guest. you this for was being such here. Such a blast. Such a blast. You're the prettiest. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at I am Kat Foster and reach out to us using the hashtag ActingRealPod. For links and recommendations from this week's episode, visit ActingRealPodcast.com. Episodes go up on Mondays. Subscribe to the show and rate and review us. It would mean so, so much to us if you did. This podcast is produced by Hanami Sutton and Chris Mako with technical assistance by David O'Hara and music by Sean Hokinson. We love you guys. We really, really do. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Bye.